Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Leave Wrestling's Unrestricted, the official AEW podcast. Tony Schiavone and Aubrey my longtime close personal friend, Aubrey Edwards. How you doing, Aubrey? Long time. Long yeah. time. We've known each other like eight months. Since October. That's right. But it's like we've known each other our entire lives. Forever. Yeah. I love you, man. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Okay. You know who else podcast I love? Podcast is over. What's that? I'm sorry. You know who else I love? Who's that? Chris Statlander. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Yay. <laughs> awesome. So today on AEW Unrestricted, we have uh, the galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander, uh, one of my absolute favorite people to work with. You've you've done a crazy amount of stuff on the indies, like I think ROH, Impact, Shimmer, um, AEW Women's Champion, Creative Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. TV Champion, Victory Pro Wrestling Women's Champion. God, this list is so long. Uh, <laughs> PWI's uh, number one hundred. Uh, that was a mistake because Kyrie Sane was Kyrie Sane was left off the list, and she was supposed to be like number nine. So I would have been one hundred one. So I wasn't supposed to be on there. <laughs> Too bad for her. So PWI's uh, list of top one hundred and one women. You were number one hundred one. There we go. Yeah. So you've you've you're kind of crazy. Like, you've done a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, especially for someone who didn't watch wrestling as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. I just kind of, I guess I feel like it was just kind of like, it was the way I was supposed to do things. So I just didn't feel any point in holding back or like trying to find any longevity. I just did everything I could, went everywhere I could, and it got me a lot of recognition, apparently. So, Hey, Chris, uh, you started, uh, you were a stunt double. Uh, what got you interested in that line of work? Well, I was in college freshman year at my, you know, the age you're supposed to be in college at right after high school. <laughs> and I was there for athletic training and physical therapy. And I finished up my one year, my first year, but halfway through, I was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. I hate school. I'm so done with it. And then I was like, just thinking about like, if I could do a dream job for like, two weeks, what would it be? And stunt double was the first thing that came to mind because I was a gymnast my whole life. Uh, I was just a real big fan of physical activities and being an idiot. So I was just like, I'm going to look into it. So I found a place in Brooklyn called Hollywood Stunts NYC. And I started training there for, it was a three week intensive and it was over the summer. So I think it was, it was in July. I remember. And the training was 
nine to five Monday through Friday. And I had to drive from out east on Long Island all the way to Brooklyn in morning traffic, traffic on the way there, traffic on the way back. So it took like two hours to drive one way. So it was like a four and a half hour drive every single day over the summer. Uh, I'd have to wake up at like 6 a.m. to do this every single day. And I was so worn out. And I was the only student. And this uh, this like school is kind of just, like a warehouse on the river, on like the East River of Brooklyn. So it's like a wrestling training school. <laughs> it's basically, yeah. Except yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot taller, no air conditioning, nothing. And again, like I was the only student. So I was worn out completely. And I just loved every single second of it. There was not a single day I didn't want to wake up and drive down there. And I finally, like for the first time in my life, I felt like I found something I was supposed to do. So what is the training? Like, what are you doing from nine to five? So there's some like stretching, obviously, some warm up drills, whatnot. But the first two weeks of the training, week one was unarmed combat. So I actually learned how to do like your roles at stunts. Hmm. So I knew how to do roles before I um, started wrestling, which is why my first day at wrestling, everyone's like, oh my God, did you train somewhere else? And I was like, nope. But so we did like basic roles, learning how to fall, which it's very different than wrestling, but they were kind of, and I remember, I think it was like my second or third day. They're like, oh, you think you're rolling correctly? Why don't we just go roll on the concrete gravel outside? And I had like bruises all over my back because I wasn't doing it right. And then they're like, oh, let's try it again on the inside. So I had to roll on AstroTurf, which was just right on top of concrete. So it wasn't really anything better after I already bruised up and scraped up my back. And then we were back onto the mats. And I was like, okay, now I know how to roll. But so first week was unarmed combat, just like your basic fight scenes. Second week was armed. So we learned how to do sword fighting, knife fighting. Um, We learned how to shoot blanks. And... uh, the third week was like all the cool fun stuff. Like we did full body fire burns, car hits, high falls, uh, like wire work. When you see people like if there's like an explosion, you see a person fly back. We got to do that. The air repel. Yeah. So it's like all, all like the fun stunt stuff. So <laughs> yeah, you're doing that like eight hours a day and your body is destroyed. Yeah. I mean, you're literally on fire. <laughs> yeah. It was, I've been on fire. I think, three or four times and it is so fun i mm, think it's that's so. the funnest thing ever <laughs> do you have to, for something like this do you have to sign any waiver or anything uh, yeah for absolutely yeah absolutely wow so uh you you trained as a stunt double what was your first uh, job as a stunt double so with stunts you actually have to join the sag after union in order right. to be able to perform them on tv and movies so i never really got to do any stunt doubling for like an actual tv set but Mm -hmm. i did uh we had a couple of things come to the school that i got to be a part of where i did like a doubling for a news reporter at the school um uh we did this thing jerry o'connell came to the school and uh he was kind of doing something for amazon imdb so i got to teach him how to do repelling like when you do like the scaling down a mountain type thing so i got to teach him how to do that and I was on MTV once. They did this prank show called Ladylike. It was on for one season. And I was in the season finale where it was like a speed dating type setting. And one of the actresses got like obsessed with one of the guys in the speed dating. 
So when it was kind of like her and the other actress started like fighting, I went up to the person and I, was, I went up to the guy and I was like, what's going on? Do you know this person? What's happening? He's like, I don't know anything. And then the actress came and it like broke a table over me. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sure it's probably not on the uh, MTV website, but it's on my Instagram. I, I recorded a video of me getting hit with the table Sweet. and it was so funny because it was so hard not to just like start laughing about at everybody because everyone's like, Oh my God, call the ambulance. Somebody get a doctor. Oh my God. What this bitch is crazy. And then <laughs> it was so funny. Cause right after the, um, the girl hit me with the table, everyone's freaking out and she goes up to the guy that she got obsessed with and she's like you want to get lunch (laughs) 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 but we obviously told everyone it was a prank and that i'm a professional stunt person so i did get to do some stuff but it costs a lot of money to join the sag after union which i didn't have the time which i will tell you by the way how much it costs so your initiation fee once you get eligible to join the union it's three thousand dollars what but then you have to pay another 206 for like your biannual fees so it's thirty two hundred dollars just to join sag mm-hmm. which i am eligible to do and that never goes away and now that i have more money i'm considering doing it but not right now because nothing's happening at the moment but i do have the money now <laughs> yeah. to do it so that's why uh i never really got to do anything for tv but I am eligible to join the union now. Sweet. So you got to do, got to learn all the stunt stuff. Didn't get mm-hmm. to do anything for TV. But then before that, you were a gymnast for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to compete or travel? Like any opportunities come out of that? Yeah. I wasn't the best gymnast. I am full 100% okay with admitting that because I, I used to be, believe it or not, like the smallest kid in class for a long time and then like eighth grade I grew like almost two feet like I had a huge growth spurt Mm -hmm. from like eighth to ninth grade and uh, my body just couldn't really adjust to it and being tall is not really ideal for gymnastics so I kind of got super limited and like trying to retrain my body how to do gymnastics but I competed all the time for gymnastics I actually was on my with my club gymnastics which is like the regular outside stuff i also was on my high school's varsity team from seventh grade to senior year which i know doesn't make sense but we didn't have a middle school team so i had to i had to try out for varsity in seventh grade so i did varsity for six years on top of doing outside gymnastics so just being crazy and like nonstop training and go 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 has just like been something that's been a part of my life for a long time now and I'm just used to it which is why I just do like three hour workouts now in the garage right I'm stupid <laughs> well I covered uh for many years the University of Georgia gym dogs and mm-hmm. covered uh, gymnastics and I can tell that that you're a former gymnast I just can tell how mm-hmm. those girls act yeah they're crazy <laughs> I mean yep. they are they're just they're another breed I mean yeah. they're so super athletic and just tough and and rambunctious and weird yeah. So, yeah, you oh, fit yeah. all of that. <laughs> right. Weird big That's time. That's me. <laughs> right. So we got gymnast, yeah. stunt double. Correct. Where does wrestling come in? So in my one year of college that I for athletic trading school, it was in New Jersey. And while I was there, we every no matter what your major is, you always have to take some sort of liberal arts class. So I took mm-hmm. an acting class for some reason. 
and there was actually a indie wrestler in that class that we became friends with because we were both kind of just like, oh, we don't want to be here. Blah, 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 stuff You're just like taking that. it because it's a requirement. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we became friends. And at the end of the year, I was like, hey, I'm not going to be coming back to college anymore. I'm actually going to be going to school for stunt doubling. And he knew that I lived on Long Island and he was like, oh, well, we come to Long Island occasionally to do shows so since you're doing the stunt doubling stuff why don't we see if you can like bring you in as a as a manager or something and I was like okay so eventually uh so I ended that in uh I ended school in May of 2014 I'm young I'm sorry (laughs) and uh yeah I did my stunt training in July of 2014 and then by like September, October-ish, I went to my first ever wrestling show and I was a manager and they had to get, they made me get in the ring and do a promo about, cause they're starting this whole women's division thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I don't want to get in this ring. So yeah. So I was just kind of like, they kind of had me and they knew I could like get a little bit more physical with stuff because I had some of the, the stunt training, even though it's nothing the same. So I was doing that managing for like two years, still not having any clue about wrestling. So from 2014 to 2016, I was like, I was just, just managing, had still not watching wrestling, having no idea really what it's about. And in March, I think March 14th, 2016, I went to a creative pro wrestling show because I made a bunch of friends at the place that one that one place VPW on Long Island, and I was friends on Facebook, and I saw this creative pro place, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to this show just to surprise them, just like be a friend. And it turns out it was a school. Uh, we all went out to dinner that night after, and I was like, I think I want to try this. Why not? So I emailed them, and then that so that was a Sunday. And then that Tuesday, March, uh, what day is St. Patrick's Day? That's the 17th, right? 17th. Okay, so I don't, maybe March 12th or March 13th was the Creative Pro Show. March 15th was my, first day, was my first day of training. And then I, I only know that because it was the week after the show. The 15th was my first day in the ring training. The 16th, we did a tape review of the show that happened. And the 17th, we didn't have any training because it was St. Patrick's Day. And Pat and Brian are both Irish, so <laughs> so we. But so I remember that very vividly. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into wrestling, which makes no sense at all. Yeah, we all have different. Weird I know. Paths into it. Yeah, I everybody's know. got a journey getting here. They really yeah. do. Yeah, it kind of yeah. makes sense that like your path is weird because that's kind yeah. of like who you are. Like if yeah. your path was normal, that wouldn't make any sense. I know, but <laughs> I just happened to find something, and I just apparently am actually good at it for some mm. reason. So one of the things you mentioned early on uh, mm-hmm. in your stunt double training is like falling, doing stunts and falling and wrestling is very different. Yeah. Like, is there anything you had to relearn or reteach your body? Not you really. Um, not that I had to reteach. It's more just like learning. a. Di- I, I viewed it as learning a different thing. Gotcha. So like the roles were the same, but doing a fall and stunt is like very like majestic and like you go down by your knee and then you fall to your hip and then roll to your side and then I'll lay all the way down. And then but wrestling <laughs> bumping, you just kind of like, Gah! you just go. So it's 
basically I, tr- I try to separate the two and I try to just the only, I think the biggest pro or the biggest issue with going from stunts to wrestling is strikes like punches, mm. kicks, stuff like that. Like stunts, there's no contact at all. So you can throw it as hard as you want. You can be a foot away cause it's all camera angles, but in wrestling it's right there in person. You gotta, you gotta make contact. So it's not, if that's, been my biggest struggle was like getting okay with touching someone which i know is a struggle for everybody but it that that was the hardest thing the hardest transition between those two so are you stiff in the ring i mean do you when you hit do you really hurt people i try not to uh <laughs> okay. but i also when i was training i kind of had this view of myself not to like fade out like feminism or anything but I remember there was always certain things like it's like, oh, there's the more female way to do an up and over or you can do it the guy way or there's more female way. And I in my brain, my stupid brain, I related that to like in gymnastics where it's like if you so in each level, there's a certain type of moveset that you have to have. And you have to um, if you don't do a specific skill but you do a similar one that's a little bit easier you don't start at a 10.0 you would start at like a 9.8 or a 9.5 so in my brain I'm like well if I'm doing my girl version of things I'm already starting myself at a lower tier than what people are going to be expecting so why would I do that I'm just going to go for it the guy way hell yeah guy way so that's how I took to my training and I a lot of people say I wrestle like a guy more than a girl, which I like to try and think I do, but I just kind of say I wrestle, you know, but everyone at training is always just like, lay your strikes in, lay your strikes in, lay your strikes in. Don't make it look weak. Don't, don't have those crappy little wimpy shots. Just lay it in, make it look real. And I was just like, so I apologize to anyone if I've ever been stiff in the ring. Uh, that's just how I was told to be. So I try to like tone it back. Nothing wrong with being stiff in the ring. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, it's not. It's uh, called working snug. They yeah. old school did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gives people something to sell. <laughs> yeah. We're talking with Chris Stadlander. We're going to talk about the alien and talk about the alien landing at AEW as we continue. So let's talk about uh, the alien wrestling's debut on the indie scene with Chris Statlander, who is now with us in her human form. Hi. Hey, how Hi. did the alien come about? How did all that begin? So my first couple, okay, well, I guess it was like my first real year of independent wrestling. If you look on Wikipedia, it says my debut was in like June of 2017, which is not true. It Mm. was November of 2016, six months after I started. And I was off for two months because I broke my heel. So just saying. So now we can update your Wikipedia article yeah. by referencing this podcast. Thank you. Wikipedia. Yeah. This is me. I tell this to people all the time. They're like, oh, you debuted in June of 2017. I'm like, no, been around longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's talk about that heel injury a little bit first. Okay. Since, uh, since we're there, like what happened? You said you were off for two months after that? Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, the, the one-legged moonsault that I do off the apron sometimes. Yeah. That was my old beam dismount. Ah, so I was just practicing it for fun. Uh, and, you know, in wrestling schools, are not like sufficient padding on the outside. So I was just doing it. So it landed and I stuck the landing and I split my heel in half. In, in half. Like, like completely in half? So it, it was, it was, everything was in my foot. Everything, nothing came <laughs> nothing out. Nothing spilled out. <laughs> yeah. It, it was all there, right. but it, so 
you know how uh if you're like chopping wood you put a like a wedge in and then you hit that to split it evenly yeah, yeah. that's what my bones did inside <gasps> my foot so i split my calcaneus bone in half oh my god oh, jesus yeah and you're only out for two months yeah because i'm stupid <laughs> I, I was, I was still working all the time and I, I mean, only like two days a week, but I, I wasn't supposed to be walking on it. Like, you know how, like, if you break your ankle, they'll give you like a walking boot or something Mm -hmm. like that. I wasn't allowed to have that because it was my heel and you need that to walk. So I needed to be off of it in order for it to heal properly. Also, I was very lucky that none of the cartilage in my foot was damaged, so I didn't need surgery, and I won't have arthritis later in life, so praise the Lord's bonus. But yeah, it was just somehow, that's how you know you stick a landing, is that you split it perfectly and you don't cause any other damage to the surrounding tissues. (laughs) 10.0. I know, right? (laughs) So my orthopedist, he he would always like yell at me because I broke through three casts because I kept walking around on it because I didn't have any pain after like two weeks. So I just kept walking around on it and uh, I broke through three of my casts on the bottom of the foot and I had to get it recasted a couple of times, but it was pretty much like exactly two months. And the day after I got my cast taken off, I was back in the ring because that's how like excited I was. And like, that's, and I remember I, I was only, three months into training at that time. So it's still wrestling was so new to me. And I showed up to every single practice. I sat and watched every single time. Uh, I went to every single show, helped out as I could. And that's when my trainers and a lot of people really took notice of how badly I really wanted to do this because a lot of people, when they're injured, they only show up a few times or whatnot. They usually stay home and rest. But I was there every single day doing as much as I could, being yelled at to sit down because I was just impatient. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of, uh, I guess, what proved to myself and what proved to everybody else that I really believed in myself and that this is something I really am interested in making a part of my life now so it's called work ethic girl some people have it some people don't i know and there's no substitute for it how about those for two cliches but it's true i mean it really is yeah coming Mm -hmm. from the old guy here in the group it really is yeah okay talk (laughs) about the alien character how you develop that how did that all come about are you a fan are you a fan of star wars star trek i've never seen either boo i've i've actually (laughs) just a really big science nerd yeah believe it or not yeah Yeah. that was um i i took every single science class that i could in school like literally every single thing i took biology genealogy uh marine biology i even went to summer school for fun just to take a marine biology class because that's how much i loved it and in my high school we actually have a planetarium Hmm. so we would take little kindergarten school field trips to the high school to go to the planetarium but it was just like so fascinating to me and for like my birthday i would get at home science kits because dork and uh so for a while when i uh first started wrestling i was just i went by the name liza viero and i was just kind of like i don't know what i'm doing but my middle name is elizabeth and my mom's maiden name is Soviero, so that's how i got liza viero hmm. but you know it wasn't really not working i was i was getting work and i was able to do stuff it just wasn't really like a character that was good so i decided like you know i'm a little bit weirder than a lot of people realize and i 
<laughs> this is my story. <laughs> but it's like, I know I'm a little bit weirder and I never really fit in any specific group of people. And it was like when I was in school, like high school and everything, it was kind of like, you know, no one really wants to get a chance to get to know you until they do start to get to know you. And then you, they realize that you're so interesting and you have so much more to offer than what you just lead people to believe. So in a way, it's almost like you feel alienated from everybody. And I know that's like a weird play on words, but it's kind of like, you know, no one wants to believe aliens are real until someone can prove something about it. And no one cares to look into it more until there's facts to be known or like things to research. So Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like in a weird way, it's a weird play on how I've always been perceived in life where like no one really ever cared to get to know me until I had something interesting to say or I had something to offer that interests them. And, you know, that's kind of like what aliens are in a way. So I was just kind of like, why not just play up how odd I am because as you say, as you guys know me from being around, I just sit around and I make weird faces all day and I just react mm-hmm. in the stupidest ways. And I, I just don't, I have no control over my body sometimes with <laughs> the things I do. <laughs> so, Wait till you get older. I'm like a, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. You know, Chris, you, you say that, but really sometimes when you approach you, you really don't know what you're going to get. I know. You know? <laughs> I, like, I like to keep people on their toes. Yeah, you, you do a good job of that. <laughs> or like how recently I showed up to the locker room with pixie sticks because I was like, you get your sugar rush, but you're not having the pit of candy in your stomach before you wrestle. Like, who thinks like that? Me. <laughs> I do. Who I was, orders? Who gets bulk bags of pixie sticks? <laughs> Me. I was actually really jealous of your pixie sticks. I have so many. I'll bring a whole bunch. Please. More. Please. I we, got you. Yes. We'll just be eating pixie sticks. Pixie party. Yay. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So you've wrestled on the indie scene and you've done a lot of intergender matches, right? Yes. Okay. First of all, how do you like those and how they've been received? You know, there's always people that are kind of like, oh, it's not believable, blah, 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 blah. But like, I'm bigger. Not, I'm not like Nyla big, but I'm a bigger girl compared to a lot of girls on the independence and or even in wrestling in general and you know i've wrestled and trained with pretty much only guys and like there's been very little girls or girls come and go from the creative bro school and there have been times where i've been the only girl at training so i'm so used to training these guys and i learned not to be disrespectful to any women that i've ever wrestled but I realized very early on when I was still just wrestling women that I had to be the one leading a lot of these matches to not just make it make sense, but people are just forgetful and, you know, they've been wrestling longer than me. And I kind of felt like I was still the one that was really in charge and like trying to push these other people. And like I said, not to be disrespectful because Mm -hmm. you don't get anywhere without those types of matches. So every single match I've ever had on the independence has gotten me to where I am today and I'm extremely thankful for every single person I've ever wrestled but when it came to being able to wrestle guys I had someone to finally push me I had someone that I had to try to keep up with and I had someone that was gonna take the reins instead of me having to be the one in charge so it was just a different way and 
there's so many more men to wrestle and different varieties in men wrestlers on the independence. And there are girls where a lot of girls, you see a lot of similar styles and characters and gimmicks. And it's kind of like wrestling the same person over and over sometimes, but with guys there's, they've experienced most of the time so much more, had so much more variety of matches and they just have so much different experience and mindset that getting pushed to keep up with those levels and starting to think like that, I started being able to incorporate that into my matches with women and try and push them a little bit more. So now I have different, I just have so many different uh, varieties of things that I can do and different ways to be pushed. So I think being able to prove that I can keep with those guys and sort of sometimes outshine those guys kind of has given me my little bit of edge that I guess people fear. And I pick up big dudes sometimes. I've picked up Dan Moff. I picked up Beefcake which I know some people that are going to be watching or listening don't know, but look at those matches on YouTube. Those are like 300 pound men that I've had on my shoulders mm-hmm. because I'm big. You got mega strength, girl. I know it's weird. It's alien strength. That, I don't it, know how I do it. Yes, it is. Ah! You wrestled on SmackDown live a little bit over a year ago. Uh, yes. How did that happen? And how do how were you contacted about working that match with the WWE? Well, luckily uh, trainer, Brian Myers, AKA, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. Sure. Big, big help on any of those, uh, any sort of extra work that we, any of the creative pro people got anyone in the New York area. And Pat, formerly a WWE producer as well, he also, he wasn't a producer at that time, but unfortunately, uh, we got to do extra work for all of Mania Week. That was actually the first time Aubrey ever riffed my match. Oh, yeah. Shimmer. Yeah. That was the first time. And in that match, I don't think you know it, but the moonsault that I gave to AK, I like landed on my toe and I like, probably broke my foot, but I never got it checked out. Of course not. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So like two days. At, so that was, I think, a, a Friday. Maybe? It was earlier in the Mania Week, so it was either yeah, Thursday or Friday. It was something like that. But then the next, uh, one of the next days, I had to wrestle three times in one day because Mania Week bookings, and then uh, I had to do extra work for Mania, and then Raw and SmackDown, and then for SmackDown, I did two practice matches because there was an odd number of girls, and then I wrestled on TV. So I wrestled three times with my foot like Jesus broken, girl. basically. Mm. Oh my god! So. When you talk about people with work ethic, you talk about me because I have no control. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. So did you did you get offered a contract with them? Uh, NXT, anything out of those matches? So that Shimmer match, actually, that because um, uh, Canyon Canyon was there, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Oh, he wants to talk to you." Blah blah blah. But I never got a chance to talk to him, so I emailed him back and forth. I've, I've never actually met him, even when I was doing extra work. Uh, He's very I, tall. Yeah, I, I, everyone looks the same to me. I That's have no true. idea. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but so we got in contact after that, and they were kind of talking about like bringing me in for a tryout, but it was more like a formality type thing, and I just wasn't available to do some of the tryouts. And they were like, oh, we're doing the tryouts in London. Why don't we fly you to the London tryouts? And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, sure, I'll do it. I think, but I can, I like, I'm only available for these, like, I, I think I'd be available for the whole thing, but I'd have to be back real quick and stuff like that. And then it kind of just led to be like, you know, I kind of just want to hire you. So why don't we just send you a contract? So I didn't even have to do a tryout. And unfortunately, with timing and everything, uh, I did my background check 
and there's a lot of things I'll, I'll give you, I'll say there are a lot of things that you don't expect it to get like flagged, flagged. Like there was one time I made a tweet about how, uh, my old school got put on lockdown because some because the police thought that um a, a suspicious person was carrying a gun or a weapon at a, at a gas station nearby the school so my college went on lockdown but it was just a guy holding an umbrella and it, because it, i mentioned police in the tweet it got flagged and stuff like that wow. so it's it, yeah it's very strict or like there was like a fire burn thing that got flagged one time so it's like yeah, it's, it's very, like, strict. So there was, like, a decent amount of things that got flagged that was just either, like, weird, just, like, out-of-context things, things that didn't make sense, or it's just kind of, like, uh, but... So I told them, I explained, like, you know, some of the stuff is stunt stuff, some of the stuff is, like, not really what you expect, it, what you think it is. It's just, it just highlights words. It doesn't highlight the whole thing. You don't get the full context to it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So when I responded and I was like, hey, everything that that you said was inappropriate was deleted. Like you shouldn't be able to find anything. This stuff was deleted before I even, I think I deleted it and like did like the deleting after I had already had, had submitted the background check. So it might've done it, but just, that was just poor timing on my part. But then uh, they were like, okay, we'll get back to you. Uh, it could be a while though. And during that while period, AEW Snuck their snuck a little way in, and they're like, "We want to book you for a dark match." And then I was like, "Oh, okay." So I did that, and then the contract offering with AEW happened, and then I re- I sent an email out to WWE, and I was like, "Hey, um, unfortunately, I have these other priority, or I have another offer that works with my overall life schedule a little bit better because I'm also a massage therapist." And I would still be able to do that. And I had just got my license like that year. So I was like, I kind of still want to, I don't want to waste that, that I just went to school for two years for. And yeah. And they, they responded with something like, oh, before, like, oh, what are the other offers before you make anything? Like, don't accept anything. And I'm like, you don't own me. <laughs> and even, even uh, my trainer was like, just send them like a sorry, not sorry text, like a message, like, just let them know, like, like you don't have to go back and forth with them, just kind of be like, sorry, but no thanks type thing. And I think my biggest fear about going with AEW as opposed to WWE at first was that, you know, both my trainers work for WWE. Would I have their blessing to go here when I have an offer with the company they work for? And they were both like, it's a much better fit for you. Just go for it. So once I got their blessing, I was like a hundred percent peace of mind that I was making the right choice. So I was just like, yeah. Very cool. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So coming up, we're going to hear more about how the alien landed in AEW. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're talking to the alien, Chris Statlander. Talked a little bit about her background, how she got into wrestling, WWE, and then getting in contact with AEW. So you said you were booked for a dark match, which I think was a tag match. It was you and Swole versus Riho and Britt. Yeah. And then I remember you came to training that day because Dustin runs training every Wednesday. And it's like, oh, cool. Stats here. This is awesome. Great. Yes. And then, like, talk us through the day. Oh, I I don't even know. (laughs) It was weird because I was so used to, like, the big scary doing extra work for WWE. And AEW wasn't like that at all. And I was just like, oh, I feel like this is, like, a place that's, like, super relaxed and 
I guess I, w- I was nervous. Like you always get nervous going into a new setting, but it wasn't like as intimidating because like there's so many people that I knew at AEW from the ind- independence and people that I've worked and stuff before. And going to the training, uh, you know, it was, it was training. I mean, like I said, like I my the training that I'm used to at Creator Pro was a lot different because there's like no girls involved. So not that it's not intense and like, informative of what we do with Dustin but it was just kind of like I I didn't know what to to expect so I just went in there open mind ample body to be thrown around type thing (laughs) just (laughs) just go just go with the flow type thing and like I had been kind of used to like you know not being a big wrestling fan growing up like I don't get as starstruck with like wrestlers so I think that's a good thing but at the same time I don't know who everybody is all the times and that's not a good thing <laughs> so I feel really bad about it I don't and either. I it's okay yeah high five. <laughs> but um uh you know I think I've probably seen Justin before at a WWE extra work and it's cool to hear everyone's thoughts and like to be able to be like, wow, like I'm working with these people now and they're hearing, hearing what I have to say and they're here to help me improve. So it's, it's just, it's just a, such a cool thing to know that like in such a short amount of time, like I get to be working with such legends mm-hmm. sometimes. Do you go back and look at, you go back and look at some of the stuff, like some of the gold dust stuff now? I wish I could say I did. <laughs> I mean, like I, I know, I know I'm aware of a lot of it and right. I have people and friends that yell at me all the time from creator pro that are just like, she knows nothing. She has no idea. I bet you she walked up to Jericho and was like, Hey, how long have you been working kid? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not stupid. Like I know, I like, I know who Jericho is. I know who pretty much everyone that we work with is, but, uh, it's, it's just kind of like, I, I think I was mostly nervous about making a good impression, but then the second I got there, every single person that was there that I knew, like, Aubrey and I was just like oh yeah you're pretty much like hired and I was just like can I like wrestle first before we make this assumption like, I'm terrified yeah so that's kind of how it was it was it was like a very like lax day even though internally I was just like I gotta you know I have to make a good impression because if this is a company that's interested in me and wants to use me you know make a good impression make them someone that they want to work with and even though everyone was just like, yeah, you're fine. Don't even worry about it. You can, you could literally vomit in the ring and you'll be hired. And I'm just probably. like, well, I would say that's probably I just, correct. I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. If you vomit like, we'll in the see. ring, it would be a memorable moment. Yeah. And then yeah, I'd have to be hired. So that's I right. should have done that. Right. I should have done that. You didn't have to. It was fine. Your skill got you here. Let, let's talk about working with some of the, uh, some of the other uh, women in our division, like Britt and Sheeta. Be Priestley, uh, you've you've had matches with with each and uh, tag teams, and uh, just talk about some of those. So what's funny is that pretty much everyone at AEW, besides Penelope, is people that, and Swole a little bit right. is people that I've never gotten a chance to work with ever in the ring. So it's a lot of new experiences for me. So it's really actually very exciting getting to see how your chemistry is with these people and like getting to bond with them and get closer with them because when you haven't had the chance to do so on the independence so it's cool how like working for a new company even though it is a bunch of independent talents that were independent talents at the same time you were it's still bringing you new stuff so uh i have never wrestled in japan prior to aw i haven't really gotten a chance to go international besides canada 
the one time I was supposed to go to England uh, was the day that the Thomas Cook Airlines shut down. Oh. So I didn't have a flight. Yeah. <laughs> My flight got canceled and I couldn't go. So uh, that was really hard time. Uh, very upsetting. But uh, other opportunities uh, to go international never really just happened because I was so busy in America. Um, but yeah, so getting the chance to work with people like Sheeta and Riho, it's it's really cool for me. It's a new experience for me. And it's cool to test your abilities in those new environments with new people and in a new setting too, like doing it all for TV. It really helps you like grow pretty fast as a person, as a performer. So I think it's been very, it's been challenging, of course, but it's also been extremely fun and extremely rewarding. And it's just nice to have people that want to work well with you. What would you say is like the biggest difference between wrestling on the indies and wrestling for AEW? Commercial breaks. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. It's like we're commercial break, but we're not really commercial break. Yeah. It's like I'm so used to like just like I'm, I, it helped honestly. Yeah. Like honestly, TV has definitely helped me like plan out times with like calling matches in my head, but like trying to incorporate a double down or like trying to incorporate like exactly when to time it all out. For that commercial break, you're just like, and then when you're in the commercial break, it feels like 10 minutes as opposed to like the two minutes that it is. So I'm like, this is the whole match. It has to be in this commercial break. Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> so it's just that that's the biggest struggle is honestly just trying to plan your match around commercial breaks for me. When you wrestle so long in the independence, and I, I don't mean like years and decades on the independence, and then you go and you start wrestling on TV and you start wrestling in front of a lot of different people, there's a lot of things you got to do differently as well. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, there is. Yeah. Uh, I I try not to like make a big change because I know I got to AEW based on what I was doing on the independence. Right. And why would I change what I'm doing for a TV audience when most of the time they don't know who I am or they're watching because they have seen me do what I can on the independent. So I don't think necessarily there needs to be a thing that changed besides just like pacing of what you do and like knowing when to build those things. But I, I personally am one who believes in there's no such thing as a day off, even if it's in front of 20 people, like they're here, they're paying their money to see you why wouldn't you want to go out there and be the best that you can you got to practice how you want to perform and oh, yeah it's like it, it never made sense to me people who were like oh it's a night off like you're working you shouldn't have a night off it's you, you're going out there to put on the best performance that you can because the people want to see what you can do and it's just that's that's laziness to me and you know i get it if you're not really trying to get places anymore and you want to have it day a night off and you've been bumping for 20 years and your bump card's full go right ahead take the night <laughs> off but like if someone that i have to work with thinks it's a night off they are in for they're they're not going to be happy you're stiff yeah after. absolutely I'm, stiff. I'm super stiff i'm super stiff i'm super stiff and i'll make you run i'll make you run real hard yeah. and i'm sorry strong oh style but, strong style strong style that's what you, uh so now uh, you've got this great athletic background. You've you've been in the independence, and now you're in AEW. And I know where it's a quarantine time for many of us. And um, what's your uh, what's your regimen like these days? Working out? What is what? What's your day like? Uh, I 
usually end up working like three to four hours a day Okay. because I, I write up my workouts and I'm like, Oh, this doesn't seem too bad, but it's like a warm up. Then I have like an Olympic style lift section that I have to work on. And then I have like my bodybuilding section part of my body part that I have to work on. And then I do my like conditioning that I do at the end. So it ends up being like four hours and I'm dead, but that's pretty much all I have to do right now. Grocery I shopping when I can feel like I'm slacking. <laughs> You are. <laughs> I was like, I was doing two hours a day. Damn it. <laughs> I uh, I woke up late today and I was going to try and work out before we did this. But like, you probably, you probably can't see it, but like. Oh my God. This is. Oh my God. Do you always write these out? Have you always done this? Uh, It's something I started doing more recently. Oh wait, that wasn't even the whole. My warm up wasn't in that one. Oh my oh, okay. God. So it's like. That's so long. I know. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem that bad. But like, this is, I have, I have nothing else to do. So I'm just going to destroy my body at the gym because I can't do it in a ring all the time. For people listening to the audio version of this podcast, like check out the video because there's, there's a giant list on uh, yeah. Stat's phone. I'd read it all out to you guys. We'd be here for like an hour. <laughs> I know. It'd be an hour just reading it out. And but you, yeah, you, there's like. You type this up on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You need an Alexa. And she, no, can, she can do the list for you. No, I don't. My mom has an Alexa. I don't want it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess that's an old people's thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to yeah. write it up myself because I'm like accountable for what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I can make edits to it and change it as I go. If I realize like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not getting six sets of this in. Like I can tone it down a little bit it, or I can uh, modify it as I go so I can take notes for when I rewrite my workouts for the following week. Do you save routines and then like redo ones that you've previously liked or do you just like take stuff from previous ones? Is it, is it always different? I, I try to change it up every week, uh, every single body part that I do because I get real bored and then I also get like real excited because I, I like look up workout videos all the time on my phone. That's something I've been doing a lot and I'm like, oh, I want to incorporate this. I want to incorporate this. I need to do more mobility stuff. Let's put these things in here. And then I just, I try to make a list in my head of all the things that I want to try and incorporate. And I have to plan that out, but still keep the things that I like to do. So I end up changing up uh, my workouts all the time, actually, just to keep it interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I only write out my workouts for the week. Like this week, I think on like Monday, I wrote out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then I'll redo it again on like Sunday for the following week of like what, what body parts I want to work on, what, uh, Olympic lifts I want to focus on that day and conditionings that I got to do that I'll focus my conditionings based on the body part I'm working. I'm motivated just hearing all of this. So I'll help you out. Yay. I'm not even a personal trainer. I just have been spending so much time in quarantine just like researching and studying and like trying to self-teach myself that it's just become not a passion of mine because like I get excited writing it up but then doing it I'm like ugh. and then whenever <laughs> whenever I make my boyfriend do them with me he's he tells me he's like I hate you mm -hmm. so much oh yeah so I I can't help it I like I tell him everyone all the time I'm like I would never be a personal trainer because the way my brain works is that there's no off button. So my work, that's why my workouts are four hours long because I just don't have any self-control when it comes to my training. As you guys have heard from what I've done in my previous, in my previous time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get that. Uh, it says here that your favorite superhero is Deadpool 
And I would yeah. ask why, but I think pretty much if you listen to this podcast, you know why. Yeah, that question's <laughs> kind of been answered. <laughs> I think it yeah. has. <laughs> I'm a big fan of funny. Yes, you are. A little bit. When you when you paint up before you go out, is there any rhyme or reason to the paint you put on your face or or you just go with it that day? Uh I usually just try to be a little matchy matchy. That'd be cute. <laughs> so whatever your gear looks like that day. Yeah. See, hey I wanted to like be like, ooh, I'll do like blue when it's like I'm a baby face, or I'll do red when I'm angry, and I'll do black when it's like oh. I wanted to do that, but then I would like run out of paint real quick because I'm a baby face all the time. <laughs> Well, then you don't get to switch it up if you just like. I know it to, like, it's annoying. Yourself. It's boring, and I changed. And on the indies, I would change the color I do for my like makeup all the time. So I just would try to inc- make make it match, and then it didn't look anything like it. So it's kind of just whatever paint I had with me on certain days. The only one time that like I did something like that that made it made sense, I was in a company called Limitless Wrestling. Me and Ashley Vox had feuded for like two years almost. The first time we feuded, we had an unsanctioned match. Uh, then we kind of like made amends and then led to another feud, which was the first ever women's main event of Limitless Wrestling and their first time streaming live. And it was, I called it a last creature standing because she's like the real catch of fish and I'm an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that day I dressed in like all black, like ripped jeans or wore uh, a black crop top and I did like black makeup and only black face paint. And I was like, I'm dressed for her funeral. I'm gonna kill her. I think I saw that match. Did you guys peel back the canvas and start doing like yeah. pile drivers on the on the wood? Yeah. I took a I took a destroyer on the exposed board. Definitely yeah. seen that one. Awesome match. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh that was the only time I really got a chance to like actually take the time and like put a deeper meaning into like why I was dressed like this. Uh, most of the time it's just kind of like oh let's just make it match and make it look like it i i am actually somewhat put together for once <laughs> but and yeah if you look in that match i didn't get very good color but dustin's always like oh you girls would never gig and stuff but like dustin i've done it three times already dustin's, <sighs> uh, dustin's always telling us like you don't know <laughs> oh, you yeah. know i'm like i know i've done it thrice yeah, yeah. thrice so that's also one of my favorite words it's very anyway. apparent that you uh you can work through injuries you got a great athletic background. You're very tough, and you've done a lot of great things in your career. Are we going to see uh, Chris Stantlander come up with a different move or a different maneuver that we haven't seen before? Are you working on anything? Well, I have a move that I haven't been allowed to hit yet. Okay. Mm. As for Kenny's request. Ah, uh, I know. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Aubrey knows what it is. Right. I'll, I'll tell you, Tony. Okay. Because we don't know when I'll be able to hit this move. Okay. But uh, my good old area 451. Yeah. It's a 450. Mm-hmm. I can hit that only twice in my life have I ever over rotated and bashed my face onto the mat. That's a pretty good track record. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Out of all the times that I've done it, only twice. And I've done it a lot. So I'll take it. I think it'll be interesting when it finally like busts out. I think people are going to be real excited about it. Yeah. Because you don't tend to do like the flippy shit, like even the, the new like top uh, turnbuckle flip. Daniel Bryan-esque thing that you're doing now. Like, I, yeah. I remember I saw you bust it out. I'm like, whoa, she's a tie flyer now. <laughs> I know. See, I can always do like high fly things. Like one thing I've never been afraid of is going off the top rope really because I've done 50 foot high falls in stunts. Mm-hmm. And the mentality with stunts is kind of like your body knows what it's doing. Don't think about it. Just go. Mm-hmm. And then you just go and you just don't do it. And then you just do it. And then you're like, oh yeah, my body did know what it was doing. Weird. So. That's kind of 
it, it's a blessing and a curse mentality to have for sure because <laughs> Is that a you know <laughs> yeah i could get hurt i probably do hurt a lot more because of it but hey i get to do cool things yeah. so yeah so that's that's my my 450 is one thing i haven't hit yet but is am planning on to eventually i probably have a lot of moves i can do a lot of things but uh sometimes i feel like not everybody wants to take everything uh so i try to be like considerate to them and not force everyone to take all my stupid stuff like i i make, i drop people on their head for my finish so oh uh, yeah that's a good one that that's that's kind of pushing it already <laughs> I, I like to say so I, I have a bunch of things that I can do. I usually try to keep my moveset to things that are exclusively me or like a little bit different just because that's just how I like to work. I don't like to do the same things that everyone else does. And I like to surprise people because of my size and my stature. People don't always expect me to do the flippy things or I'm I'm not the biggest person, but I can do a lot of power things. Mm-hmm. And like, so I like to just mix it up as much as I can because it's it makes it more interesting and it just proves to people that I have a lot more potential in me than they would ever actually realize. Yeah. It's awesome. You're you're very uh different. You offer a lot of different things. You're just one of like the most interesting people I've met in wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. You make it interesting to call a match. You make it interesting to know you behind the scenes too. So Thank you. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on today. This was so great. Uh, thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> my real name is Kristen. My new real name is Kristen. Kristen Statler. Kristen with a 10. Kristen. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Well, Kristen, thank you for joining us on AEW Unrestricted, uh, the official podcast of AEW. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to AEW Unrestricted for free. Free, 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 free. Wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Aubrey Edwards. This is Tony Schiavone. I'm Tony Schiavone. No, you're not. (laughs) What are you doing? Anyway, and Wednesday, tune in to TNT and watch AEW Dynamite, 8 o'clock, 7 central. This was fun. Let's, Chris, you owe me pixie sticks. I know. I will. Okay. I got you. Awesome. Thanks, girl.